Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, on the 10-minute topics, we're going to talk about transaction management. So it's an interesting one because if you don't have any lot of transactions, and a lot of people starting out don't, uh, you don't need this much. But it's something that goes... In other states, it's a big deal because it's usually done with a title company, and the title company may or may not do your transaction management. But what transaction management means is once you get a seller to sign a contract to you, and then you get a buyer to sign an assignment, or you're going to close on that property and rehab it, there is work that needs to be done to um, make sure that goes forward. And there are problems that come up all the time. So. In New York, when you have an attorney, if your attorney has a good paralegal, your attorney's on the ball, the attorney should be doing this, but inevitably they don't do it as well as you can. So the question is how much time can you commit to it? And at what point is it so overwhelming that your time is not worth it and you wanna hire somebody to do it? We haven't reached that point yet. I hope we get there. I really do, I hope we get there soon. Um, so let's talk about what exactly it means. So we have uh, a bunch of deals that we're in contract to buy. We have a bunch of deals that we're in assignment to sell or we're in contract to sell deals that we hoteled or deals that we uh, rehabbed. And all kinds of crap comes up during that period of time. So let's give a few examples. On the buy side, a title issue could come up that is a problem, right? And you need to decide whether this is something that can really get you out of the contract, whether this is something you're gonna have to deal with, whether this is something you, you can negotiate. These things happen all the time. Changes happen all the time. So you might be buying a property and the seller might say, I need four more months to close because my niece needs to live there for four months. These things come up and you need to be on top of them very well. And you need to, you if something comes up and they need a change, you may decide whether you want to negotiate. Maybe you want a price uh, reduction. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe you told them you can wait as long as they want. We, we usually do, so maybe it's not an issue. But you need to be on top of it. You need to make sure that they're still contractually obligated to sell to you, unless it's some major change that makes it not worth it for them to sell to you. But you need to be on top of these things. It's easy to think, and I know we say this all the time, that really the, the hard part of the business is getting sellers to say yes to you um, and, then, and then having them sign the contract. But this is another part of the business, things that happen after that. So it's more, more problematic when you're trying to sell something. So let's give some examples. When we're trying to assign a contract, um, managing that transaction gets more complicated because sometimes the buyer's attorney doesn't understand what an assignment of contract is. And you need to understand that when you assign a contract, all the obligations that you had as the buyer now go on to the, buy, onto the new buyer. And that's not a simple thing all the time because if you signed it as his contract and your buyer thinks he's getting it under a regular retail deal, where all the appliances are going to be working and the house is going to be broom clean. That's not the case. So when you get a contract assigned, your attorney should send them a copy of your contract that you're buying it for. You can redact the price you're paying if you don't want to show it to them, and we do usually. But the guy has to understand that he's taking your place, and whatever obligations you have or don't have will go on to him. So very often that comes up as you know an issue. Uh, we'll be in the middle of a situation like that, and the buyer will say, hey, um, 
when's the tenant leaving? And we'll say, well, the contract that you that we signed that you that we signed with a seller that may assign to you says the ten, the tenant can stay there. And these are complications that come up. Okay, on a re, on a hotel or a rehab situation, these things come up all the time. So what happens is you sign a contract. The buyer almost always has a mortgage contingency, and then issues come up with a mortgage. They may not they may not get approved. In which case, you might have a dead deal. These are the kinds of things that you need to be on top of. Um, you need to be on top of them really well. So what I mean is that I always get the information on the mortgage company and myself or somebody who works for us will be in touch with them constantly asking them, when's the appraisal getting ordered? What are the open conditions? When are those conditions getting closed, getting cleared? Um, you know, I, I have, we, my, my partner and I have a lot of mortgage experience, so we know what's involved and we know if there's a real problem or if it's something that's just going to take a little time. But this is thing, these are things you have to be on top of. We just had a wholesale deal where after we bought it, we got a violation that the, the fence around the pool was didn't meet code. So they want to close, and they said this open violation. So we had the violation cleared, but we needed it in writing um, from the town of Smithtown to prove that the violation was cleared. So these things come up all the time. Very often on a, on a, when you sell a property, there's a bunch of repairs that you agree to. So... One of the huge things that comes up all the time with us is that somebody will get an inspection and they'll send us the inspection and circle items 9, 7, and 14 through 19. And I will, I tell my attorney, tell them that's unacceptable. We need to explain very clearly what work they want done. So, for example, an inspector will write something like, uh, boiler expected life less than three years, right? Let's say there's an old boiler there, for example. And they'll circle it. And I'll say, what do you want done? We're not replacing the boiler if it's working. So what do you want done? Uh, we just had a situation. What was it? Oh, they wrote a uh, railing on basement steps, unacceptable. So I'm like, what do you want? You want us to replace the railing on the steps? We need that in English. So it's very important if you agree to repairs and very often we do agree to simple repairs, but it has to be in perfect English, right? It's not faucet doesn't work. It's faucet in downstairs bathroom does not work please repair. That's fine. We'll take care of that. But it can't be vague. If it's vague, all you end up with is problems later. And it's, you know, if you got, if we have a real business, we have a real business where we're doing a lot of deals, you forget about these things. So if you don't take, if it's vague, what happens is you do something that you think that the buyer wants. The buyer gets there for a walkthrough the day before closing and says, the, the force is not working. And then what happens is you go, well, we fixed the faucet and they go, not the faucet we wanted you to fix. So it's very important that any kind of repair riders are very, very plain English. Go over them five times if you have to. Which bathroom? Which tile? Which window? What do you want done here, right? And it's always a negotiation on the repairs, right? We, we had a case recently where they asked us to upgrade the electrical system. We said, no, I'm not, we're not doing that, right? There's enough, there's enough amps in that house for, for that size. And if they want to upgrade the electrical system, they can, but we're not doing that. So... But we agreed that, that, that all the heat has to be in working order, that the thermostats have to work, that the uh, basic things have to work, right? When you're selling retail, basically things have to work. can't be a leaky roof. Um, everything has to be in good shape, right? Appliances have to be connected and work. That's fine. But it has to be super clear, right? It can't be um, refrigerator making noise. I, I don't know what the hell that means, right? Uh, we're not replacing the refrigerator, so it's going to make some noise. So if you want us to re repair the refrigerator, I, I, that's something we don't agree to because I don't even know what noise you're talking about. Very often that happens. They'll, cl they'll claim there's a, a evidence of a leak in the bathroom sink. And I'm like, that looks like it's 100 years ago. Maybe it leaked before. So 
that's part of transaction management, right? Transaction management is more important when you're selling a house to a retail buyer than it is to an investor, but it's also important on every deal. So you need to be on top. So in New York, you have an attorney, you need to be on top of that attorney that he's making, he's making contact with the other side's attorney. If you're assigning a contract, that attorney's in the middle. So scheduling and closing is a pain in the ass because the, the, he has to schedule closing with the seller and the seller's attorney. The seller's attorney is going to schedule with the seller and he's got to schedule with the buyer. And then we just had a case where the buyer's attorney was very difficult, very um, limited in the time that they could close. And seller had a job which couldn't take off. And we thought we had a date. Seller was took the day off. And then buyer's attorney said, you didn't get back to us quick enough. Someone took the spot. Wouldn't budge. Um, and it became a back and forth. These are the kinds of things that you, you, you may want to get involved with. And very often the attorneys won't talk to you. Uh, the attorneys will only talk to the attorney. So in that case, you got to be on top of your attorney or the paralegal or whoever deals with it. But you need to be on top of it. You cannot assume everything's going okay. Any deal you have, you should look at at, minim at minimum once a week. And I would say some of them even every single day. Right? You want to be a pain in the ass to certain people. Right? If you have a mortgage guy, a mortgage broker, a mortgage banker who's getting a loan for a guy, and you need to close, for whatever reason you need to close, you can bother him every day. You want to be the guy that when he calls, he cringes, and he makes sure that you, that his buyers, that your buyer and his client who's getting the mortgage file, is something he wants to get off his desk because he can't take it anymore. Being a pest is a big deal. And if you're going to hire a transaction manager, you need someone who's willing to be a big pest. So part of being a transaction management is is doing that. It's staying on top no, no, on, on every issue, right? Whatever issue it is, be on top and make sure it gets from contract to closing. Um, in other states with our attorneys, a lot of people have full-time transaction manage, managers, and I understand that. Um, some people have really good title companies where they feel does that. Uh, we have great attorneys, but they still, they will not treat your files like you can or someone in your, in your employment can. So transaction management is important, very important, um, but the question is whether you should outsource it to somebody full-time or get, have somebody full-time do it. It really depends on how many deals you're doing. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.